Please turn your Bibles this evening to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24. I guess I shouldn't say anything about the style or type of message that I preach on Wednesday nights because I say Wednesday nights is time for Bible study and I like to get into deep study, but you know, sometimes it, it just kind of turns into a sermon and it turns into a refreshing that we need, you know, at the uh, beginning of the year, it's a, it's a great time for us to be refreshed and just to be uplifted, you know, we need inspiration just as much as information and we'll be to Hebrews 9.24 in a minute, it's funny how I sometimes get started and go through a whole cycle to get to a point, but, but anyway, I have been accused by, by many teenagers of telling the same jokes over and over for years, almost a decade, I, I tell, I, I don't know, maybe I just measure it on the, on the, measure it by, if it's still funny to me, I'm going to tell it, Amen. you know. And, and, and they don't realize we get new teenagers sometimes. And they, maybe you've heard it 16 times, this teenager over here. But it's the first time for another. I, I could also say maybe that I come by it honestly. Because my dad, for the 44 years I had him here, that I can remember that I was old enough, he told the same jokes all the time. I mean, over 40 years and, and I don't know, maybe his favorite joke would be, would be the one he told the most. And it stands out above all. The man went to the doctor and the doctor told him, you have six months to live. And the man says, well, I want a second opinion. And the doctor says, well, you're ugly too. <laughs> Five opinion for every time my dad all that joke. I mean, just when I was there. I, I say that, that, that just comes full circle to the point of ugly, that, that we might talk about some appearances tonight. And I'm not talking about good looks and bad looks. I'm talking about appearances. There's not just appearances of look, but, but there's appearance of character. There's appearance of, of everything, you know. Uh, people find appearances to be very, very important. And I don't argue with some. I don't invest as much into what some people say about appearances. But some people say that boosts your self-esteem when you have a good appearance. They say if you feel good, you, you look good. Uh, others say it, it, it really helps to keep your hygiene and health in check. It kind of goes hand in hand. You work on a good appearance, and that's going to work for your health, and that's going to work for hygiene. Uh, very successful in communication with people. If you have a good appearance, they say. It helps to make a great first impression. All right, all right. You can, you can fool somebody, but, but still, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, beneficial in the workplace. When we look our best and when we do our best, all of that is in appearance. It proves that one isn't lazy. When they work hard and you see a good appearance. That's what they say anyway. Um, good appearance helps in the marriage. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a shot any direction. Uh, 
I hope you don't take she and I the wrong way. I, I love her. Uh, I just pick on her. You pick on those you love. Huh? I understand, brother. <laughs> I got it from you. Just appearance makes us comfortable in general, that they say. But I tell you what. There's some good points there. Some I might throw out. Some I wouldn't go to the extreme on. None of these would I go to the extreme on. But there's an extreme that we can go to on appearances in the Bible. There are three great, beautiful appearances that, that we can simply share tonight that nothing will ever surpass. We find three appearances here between Hebrews 9.24 and 9.28. We find it in three different verses. You find the word appear or appeared three times within these three verses. And I'm telling you that this is an appearance that is not going to be taught. None of them. Let's go ahead and read verses 24 through, through 28. It says, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him. Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? Amen. We see a past appearance here. We see a present appearance here. And there is a future appearance that I would like for you and I to be encouraged by. Let's first look at this past appearance in verse 26. When it says, but now once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, now, first of all, like I said, we're not in Bible study tonight, but this verse is a continuation from verse 25, where it talked about the priest in the Old Testament, and he would continually, annually, over and over, repetitively go to offer sacrifices for sins. For the people, he would take the blood and he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And that's what the, the priest would do. But now we have a great high priest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Year after year, the priest would do this until the appearance of Jesus. You know, we, we might think about him from his miraculous birth where Jesus appeared in the manger we might think about how the Bible says that he waxed strong in spirit and the grace of God was upon him. We might think about his appearance, how he went in the temple at 12 years old and he was 
he was asking questions and he was hearing and he was astonishing the doctors with his understanding. We might just think about the, the ridicule that he experienced uh, and, and the persecution that came upon him. How he went on the Sea of Galilee to gather up his disciples and he started his church. And, and then giving his life, giving his life over to the Roman soldiers and then giving his life on that cross at Calvary. He went to that dark, awful place of Golgotha and he paid for all of our sins there. He went to that place to abolish sin and he did it and he did it once. Right. I underlined in my Bible in that verse that word once. That's a huge word in that Jesus went to abolish sins and he did it once. You know, it took a perfect sacrifice to abolish sin. The priest wasn't perfect. He was a sinful man. So he had to go over and over annually and it never cleared the conscience. It never abolished sin. It was just a shadow of things to come. But when Jesus' presence happened and he appeared... It abolished any priesthood on this earth aside from the great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying it doesn't exist anymore, but I'm telling you it's not scriptural since Jesus' appearance when he came once and died for all. That offering of himself to God was acceptable to God forever and ever for salvation for souls today. For forgiveness for the child of God always and forever. God was amazed and God was so satisfied. And he said the blood of my son will cover the world. He can save the world with that sacrifice that was given. It was a perfect sacrifice. He came to destroy the penalty of sin and he conquered. That is the reason for his First appearance upon this earth. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus came in his first appearance to put away sin. Amen. He didn't come to do, there's nothing more important that he came to do, but to put away sin. And he did it once. And he's not coming back to do it again. Okay, it was paid in full and complete and it was complete satisfaction to the father once. And it was a visible appearance that he made. It was very apparent. It was an actual appearing of Jesus upon this earth. It was an indication that the end was approaching when Jesus went to the cross you know, we've been in the end times ever since Jesus went to the cross. That's what this age is in that we are in right now. It started the end times and he did it himself. And he gave up his life of his own self. No one took his life, but he laid his life down voluntarily for us. He offered his own blood and the sacrifice of himself and it ended any other mediation from anyone else. There's religions that try to sew that veil up with their doctrine, but that veil was rent in twain and the way to God is now open through Jesus Christ. It's what he came to do and he successfully did it. What a beautiful appearing. 
What a beautiful appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ in this first appearance we're looking at. A, a past appearance. But let's look at a present appearance now in verse 24. And because I think this is where the Christian, even knowing better, can get a little disconnected sometimes. Because we think about Jesus' mission on earth. We think about what he came to do. And that he died for all of our sins and was buried and raised again. And, and he fulfilled his mission. And now he got to go back to glory. Back to the Father after what he did for us. Well... Let's just be refreshed and encouraged tonight that he is still doing something for us. His appearance has changed locations, but let's just look at verse 24. It says, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. There is a present of appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. And it's not in a handmade sanctuary. It's in a heaven made sanctuary. It is in heaven itself that Jesus has gone to. He, that's where the sanctuary is where he is. After Christ's death and burial. Look, he arose. Take him off of that cross. He is no longer there. It's an empty cross of victory. He arose and he defeated our sins. The Bible said that he was taken up and that he was received in a cloud and that there were men in white apparel, which said, ye men of Galilee, why ye stand gazing into heaven? And that's Acts 111. Let me just stop right there as we consider and, and have the proof of the infallible word of God that Jesus was raised from the dead and that he ascended to heaven. That is his present appearance right now. That is the location of his present appearance. And we know why he's there because we see it in the end of that verse right there. He is there for us. Amen. He has ascended to heaven for you and I. His present appearance. Look, he, he accomplished what he did and he did for us what he did while he was on this earth. And now he's in heaven and he's still working for us. Amen. He still has our every concern and experience and event of life at heart. And he's working. He's working for us in this location of his present appearance in heaven. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. But he has gone into the heavenly holy of holies for you and I. Amen. Romans 834 says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession. And here it goes again for us. Amen. Man standing against us on earth loses all, all of its, all of its terror and all of its intimidation, knowing that Christ stands for us in heaven. He is standing for his children now after what he's accomplished. The peace we have of knowing 
that we're approved of God, we're accepted in the beloved by Jesus Christ, and he's at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for us. In his first appearance that we just shared, he paid our fine. In the second appearance, he pleads our fate constantly. The priesthood of Jesus Christ, it is continual, it is permanent, and it is eternal. Jesus has power to save us, and Jesus has power to keep us. Amen. And he is keeping you and I with, with every bit of concern and, and, and help there could possibly be for our lives. There is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He is our mediator still now today. He is mediating for us from heaven. He was not only our go-between when he went to the cross for you and I and reconciled us, but he's also our go-between in heaven at the right hand of God. He knows our every experience of life, and he is working all things out for the ultimate benefit, for, for his glory and for our lives. Amen. There's nothing that could be better for our lives than it glorify God. Amen. Not that we get what we want, not that he answers our prayers the way we ask, but that God be glorified, and he's working that out. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The child of God, to say the least, has an amazing advantage in this life. With, with such an advocate as Jesus Christ, working for our good, for our ultimate benefit. In behalf of us, he's at heaven on the right hand of God. In behalf of you and I, intervening for you and I, making intercession for our lives. The sanctification of our lives is being worked on by Jesus right now from heaven. As well as the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. Know this, know what he is doing for you and I. He knows our need and he's working in behalf of you and I so we can come boldly before his throne. Come boldly to him for grace. He's interceding. The door is open. The door of intercession is always open and he's interceding for you and I. We should be come boldly before his throne for grace, for mercy, for forgiveness, for what he did once. What he did once provides forgiveness Constantly, over and over. The, the way the Apostle John wrote, he said in 1 John 2, 1, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The peace of knowing that while God is Savior right now, we're going to go before God as judge. But knowing our advocate will never fail us. He, is, he has a perfect record for anyone who comes to Jesus by faith. Amen. And we go before the courtroom with God and, and we have the perfect attorney, yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood. The only thing that will do it is his blood. And he's interceding for us now as well as then. And that takes us to 
a future appearance. One more beautiful, best appearance you can ever imagine. A future appearance in verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, what an appearance that you and I have coming soon. It's, it's, it's going to knock us on our face. Oh, oh, what sounds there are going to be to go along with that appearance. The shout of the Lord himself, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And, and we haven't heard that sound yet. And I can't make that sound for you, but we're going to know that sound. And, and we're going to see him. And we're going to know that we have seen, we know it now, that it's the greatest appearing that you and I could ever experience. Amen. And he's not coming back to deal with sin, you understand? He has already dealt with sin. It doesn't need to be dealt with anymore. He finished it on the cross at Calvary. He's coming back. To deliver his saints. Amen. He's coming back to deliver his people. He's coming back to the clouds. And we're going to see the fullness of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his fullness, the psalm says, there is joy. And we are going to see the spiritual and physical fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be redeemed from all of our earthly ills. All of our pain, our sorrow, our suffering, it's not going to exist. It's not going to exist anymore. It's going to be gone. He is going to dry our eyes. No more are we going to have that pain. He is going to give us an eternal glorified body. That we are going to have forever in heaven. We are going to be like him. We are going to see him. And most importantly, we are going to be with him. Heaven loses its luster if Jesus isn't there. What's so great about heaven is that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be there. And we are going to be in his presence there is going to be his appearance before us forever. And we're going to bow down and we're going to worship him. Amen. Why do we meet at church so much? And why do we worship every chance we get? That's what we're going to be doing in heaven. Amen. And, you know, the, the, the Christian who, who doesn't do that, they're, they're really not going to know how to do that in heaven. Praise God that, that, that the road that we're on, it's what we're going to be doing in heaven. We can't imagine it all, but we're going to worship him all the time. We're going to see him. We're going to be like him. How could we not be looking for him? What, what a way to start out the new year. As we consider our spiritual life. We consider our focus. We not only need to be looking to Jesus. We need to be looking for Jesus. Because he is coming again. How can we not look for him? The book of Revelation says that every eye shall see him, 
But for the children of God, we can be looking for him, expecting him. His children who are filled with his love, walking in his ways, embracing and claiming the promises of God and being thankful for his mercy. We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know. It's a good way to start off 2020. We might not make it through 2020. I have no idea. But the Lord is coming. And, and those who love him are going to be looking for him. Amen. That's what Paul said. Paul said there's laid up for him a crown of righteousness. Yeah. For, those, for, for him, he said, and also for those who love his appearing. You know, as a crown of righteousness, salvation is free and rewards are earned. So while we wait, we're working. While we expect, we're exerting. Not, not because of the rewards, but because of love. Amen. Because we love the Lord Jesus. What's this? Brother Tim leads us in a song a lot. I will serve thee because I love thee. Is that how it goes? I will serve thee because I love thee. Do you love the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because we have, we have a future appearance. And it could be here real soon. He's, he, it, it could be here so soon. Let us start out this year by loving the Lord's appearance. I, let us not get off track. I, I think of a few people I'm burdened for. I didn't give uh, prayer requests for. But a couple of people that at their age, that they may be close to, to going before the Lord. And the decisions made, having possibly being prepared to go before the Lord soon, uh, it's, it's not a focus on his second coming. You know, back in the Bible days, they would, they would remind one another, the Lord is coming soon. I'm talking about 60 years after Jesus went to the cross, died, buried, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. They would pass one another and remind one another that the Lord is coming soon. I think that's a great thing that you and I can do. Amen. Amen. And when he does, oh, what an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. I think about your troubles and your burdens and, and maybe mine. And, and that, that can't help but make it better. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing we're going to see him. Knowing we're going to be like him. Praise God. Start out your year loving the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Tim Stump, would you close us in a word of prayer? And I'm going to go up to the youth room. Lord, we just thank you so much for your grace each and every single day, Father, and your love and your protection that you give us while here on earth. But Lord, we just we long for that day when we see you face to face, Lord. Yes. Long for that day when we'll fall before you, worship you forever. Mm -hmm. Lord, we pray for those that right now are lost and they don't know you. We pray for our families and our friends, Lord. Yes. May we just be a light and a beacon unto them, show them you. We pray for all those that are, are sick right now or battling mm -hmm. health issues, Father. Lord, may they just lean upon you.